Good morning, church. Wow, that was quick. Everybody doing all right? Doing well? To all the uh, teachers and all the students, uh, I hope your winter break is going well. I really do. I hope it is treating you awesome. Uh, I've had enough of it. As Pastor Keaton mentioned earlier, it's a great day to be a Razorback fan. Woo pig suey. Anyone? Can we talk about it? Is it one of those things if we talk about it, it's going to go away? We just need to, mm, should be quiet, right? Need to be quiet. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Are you ready to look at the Word of God, church? Yeah. I hope last week was a, was a blessing. It was one of those topics where we had to handle it, we had to look at it, we had to see what the Word of God said about it. Uh, but I'm convinced, church, that the Lord moved, uh, that He used His Word to speak to couples, to speak to marriages. And so whatever God did in your life, whatever God did in your marriage last week, I'm thankful for it, and I'm begging him to just keep moving in your marriage and in your life, drawing you closer to him. This morning's topic, if you've looked ahead, is going to be one of those topics where you kind of scratch your head and you're like, why is that in there? Uh, are we really going to spend a whole morning talking about it? And to answer the question, yeah, we're going to try to fill 30 minutes talking about the Eighth Commandment. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to look at verse 15. It reads, you must not steal. You must not steal. Now, you're probably thinking, glad I showed up to church today. This is a softball. Oh, man, just say, yeah, don't do it. It's bad. We'll pray. We'll get out of here, right? Anybody think that one? Uh, it, you must not steal. It's a unique topic. We've got to talk about it. And what I love about the Word of God, when He gives us the law, when the law of Moses is given, not one of them is ranked higher than the other. They're all in there. They're all the law of God. So if last week was important, guess what, church? This week is important. Amen? We've got to look at it. We've got to look at the Word of God. What does it say about stealing? What does it say about thievery? And if you grew up uh, like I did, had a grandpa, I'd always say, it's nothing worse than a thief. Anybody heard that? Nothing worse than a thief. You ever been robbed? Ever been robbed in any sort of way? Ever had your home broken into? Well, there's something, there's something that happens there, right? If somebody burglarizes your house, they break in. Man, it's like a, it's an attack on your humanity, isn't it? M many families, they sell the home, they move, right? Uh, the privacy has been uh, extorted. Like, man, what do I do now? There, there's something that happens to us when we're robbed. It attacks our humanity. Like, it's a big deal. I know it's just stuff. But what somebody is saying is, I don't really care about you, I don't care about your, your work, I don't care about your stuff, I want it. It hurts, we feel it on a deeper level when somebody robs from us, leaves you with a weird feeling. Stealing is bad. We didn't have to come to church to hear that. We didn't have to come to church to reiterate that. We know that thievery is bad. Theft is terrible. But what we've got to understand this morning is that it points to a much deeper heart issue. Stealing is a matter of the heart. This one, especially when we look at the commandments, really? Like, are we going to talk about that here? Stealing? Question mark? 
This is a place full of Jesus people. We can talk about stealing. I want to read this statistic for you. Barna survey found that 86%, 86% of adults say they are completely satisfying the Eighth Commandment. You may have walked in here this morning and felt like you are part of that 86%. You're like, not a big deal. I got it. No problem. I'm not taking candy. I'm not robbing banks. I'm not stealing. I got it. Anybody feel that way? No? You're like, I've, I've learned not to come in here with any preconceived notions, right? Well, we all feel like some form or another, we're, we're doing all right with this one. Well, much like each week, this is a warning. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to go there with me, church. Ephesians chapter 4. And what we need to understand about what we're about to read is that Paul was writing to the church. Paul was writing to the people of God when he says this. Ephesians 4, verse 28. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Paul is writing to the church. Did y'all catch that? So what that tells me is that people that had turned to start following Jesus were still thieves. Did you, did you catch that? Paul is writing to the church. What he's saying is Jesus' people can be a bunch of thieves. Do you believe that? You're like, man, you told us we were adulterers last week, and now you're calling us thieves. Why do we keep coming back, Luke? Right? Paul is saying that there's some issues going on. If you're a thief, stop stealing. So he's, he's talking to the church. Us? Yes, he's talking to the church. I got a story for you. In, in Texas, this just blew my mind. We had a guest family. Uh, when you're in church work, man, you love to have guests show up to church. Man, man, they're, they're, they're taking time out of their day. They're coming to see what's going on at church. You just love guests, right? Roll out the red carpet for them. We had guests show up there at church in, in Texas, and they set up front. And I'll never forget, service was over, and they came running up to some of the leadership of the church, and they said, hey, um, I know we're like, this is the first Sunday we've ever been here, and we feel really awkward and uncomfortable even, even bringing this up, but uh, we put our cell phone on the chair, and it's gone now. And we were like, at church? Somebody stole a cell phone at church? Yes. But what this particular person didn't understand was that there was tracking on that phone. So can you imagine the awesome conversation that the church leadership had when they went, oh, I know this house. And we showed up on the porch. Hey, we love you. God loves you. But we need the cell phone back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> At church. So yes, this morning, church, Paul is saying, let the thief steal no more. Now again, you, you might not be snatching cell phones. You, you might not be robbing banks. But there's a good chance that thievery is going to touch us all in some form or another. Jesus addressed this issue, church. 
he, he deals with this. Much like every week, we have to look and see what Jesus said about it. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. The words of Christ. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Jesus deals with this. And he said, stealing is a matter of the heart. Thievery is a heart issue. And if you think it's just taking candy from a gas station or snatching a cell phone, we are wrong. This list is exhaustive. We won't look at the entire list, but we need to look and see what the great Martin Luther described as thievery, as as stealing. And then we're going to look at some of the lists that he made. He defines stealing as acquiring any property by any unjust means. So let's look at this list. Please don't jump ahead of me on the screen. We're going to talk about a few of these. The first one on the screen reads burglary. We know that one, right? That's pretty obvious. Robbery. Shoplifting. This is, a, this is a fun social media game these days where they like to record shoplifting and take off and running. Like this is, this is some stuff still going on today. Pickpocketing or purse snatching. Embezzlement. Extortion. Racketeering. Cheating on taxes. What month is it, church? We're getting close, aren't we? Side note, God's people, I want you to look at me right here. Don't, don't look at the screen. Cheating on taxes. God's people, look at me. Let's be people of integrity. Amen? Be people of integrity. Government stealing from future citizens by wasting or creating huge debt. We're all experiencing that right now. Amen? Stealing by not putting in a full day's work. Ever thought about this one? Some retailers, some business owners lose more money through employee theft than through public theft. If you are working for someone, work with all your heart. If you're supposed to be there at 8 and leave at 5, show up at 8 and leave at 5 and put in a hard day's work. Anything less is stealing. Employers steal by demanding more hours than allowed by the contract. Listen, employers, you're in a position of privilege. If you ask something of your employees more than what's allotted, compensate them. Treat them with respect. If they work harder than than what's in the contract, compensate them for more that's in the contract. Amen? Be people of integrity. Anything less than that is stealing. Price gouging. You been to the gas pump lately? We've all been robbed. We've all been robbed. False advertising, the old bait and switch. 
insurance fraud, the filing of false claims. Again, children of God, be people of integrity. Theft of intellectual property. That means don't cheat on that paper, don't plagiarize, and don't cheat on that math test, students, right? Identity theft. I'm not smart enough for that one. I'm not. I don't even know how that works. This last one. Not giving to the needy. If you look at the book of James, James says, to know what to do and not do it is a sin. You see how, and this is just a short list, you, you see how this touches each of us? We, we walked in this morning and thought, <laughs> no problem. And then we thought, oh, oh no. P- perhaps I've misstepped. Perhaps I'm mistaken in some areas of my life. This list was just to show us how easy this commandment is to break and how easily dishonesty with money and people can creep into our lives. And I want you to remember something now where we're at in the Ten Commandments. The first four are all about our relationship with God and the next are all about our relations with other people. And respecting and being people of integrity with money and how we deal with other people financially affects our relationships. Last week was elevating the the marriage relationship. This one is elevating the neighbor relationship. How are we treating one another? Are are we being people of integrity? Are we being people of honesty with our money and, and dealings with other folks? Thievery in any sort always affects way more than just you. It always affects another person. And it always attacks God. We have to remember that. Author Trevin Wax says this about stealing. Stealing is a sin in two ways. It is failing to trust his provision, speaking of God. And secondly, it is an assault on God's providence for others. You're you're coming after what's due to another person. You're you're assaulting God, and then you're assaulting your neighbor. It's a sin in two ways. So how can we make sure that this morning, that as children of God, we are people of integrity, that we are people that value what's theirs? I want you to write this down for this morning. You know, we've been been taking the, the, the titles for... The, the, these, these commandments, and we've been, we've been adding a little more to it. This morning is called respect theirs. Respect what's theirs. It's, it's not just not stealing. It, it's respecting what's theirs. I want you to write that down. So how can we be people that fight the temptation to be dishonest in our dealings with others? I want you to write this down. This is the first point, if you will. Don't rob God of what is his. You remember last week, we said before you cheat on your spouse, you're going to cheat on God? 
Before you rob someone else, you're going to rob God of what's his. Remember, Jesus says this is a heart issue. He's going to the source of the problem. It's a heart problem. We will rob God of what's his before we rob someone else of what's theirs. We need to look at this Old Testament principle in Malachi chapter 3. We should go there. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to look at 8 and 9. It says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. This particular nation has been found unfaithful, and they have forgotten where their blessings come from. God had given them uh, some instruction. Put some of your grain, put some of your harvest in some storehouses for, for the needy. And they had abandoned what God had requested of them. And God says, what, are, are you trying to cheat me? Are, are you trying to take what I've given you and hoard it for yourself? Do, do you not understand? I've asked you to give that away. They were trying to hide it from God. They were being dishonest with their blessings. And God says, can you cheat me? Can, can we really cheat God? No, it's all his to begin with. But what God asks us to do is to be faithful with what he's given us. And this particular group of people had withheld what God had given them. They were, they were robbing God of what's his. And he knew it. They were withholding it. They were storing it up. They were being greedy. And I want you to listen, church. Some of you are starting to squirm. I can see it. Like, he's going to go there. He's going to talk about tithing. We're going to talk about tithing. This is not a message on tithing, but we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about it. Withholding your, your tithing, in essence, is robbing God of what is his. I needed somebody to like make me feel a little better about that statement. Amen? It's his. It's always been his. But what he asks us to do as children of God is to be obedient with it. The word of God is full of this tithing principle where we work, we make a living, and then God says, take a portion, the first portion, and give it back to me. Give it back to me. And as children of God, if we are not doing that, we are robbing God of what's his. We're not, we're not giving him what he asks. It, it's more than just robbing God. We're being disobedient. It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. It's a child of God. I'm not here to make you feel bad about what you are or are not giving. I'm I'm here to elevate obedience to what God requires. Don't cheat God of what's his. But when it comes to robbing God, I think we can rob him in way more ways than just finances. I think we can cheat God in a lot of ways. 1 Peter chapter 4 10 and 11. 
It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. I want you to underline that. I want you to highlight that. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength. I want you to underline that, highlight that. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All power, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. A couple of things stand out to me here. The things that I ask you to highlight and underline. Use them well and then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. How many times do we give God the leftovers in our life and not the first? How many times have we taken what God has blessed us with in the spiritual realm with our spiritual gifts and the things that he has blessed us with, and we say, you're only going to get what's left over. You're only going to get my second best effort. You're only going to get the leftover energy, the leftover strength. You're only going to get what I have left after a long week of work. When that is our attitude, we are robbing God of what he has graciously gifted each of us with. If you are a child of God and you are full of the Spirit of God, He has given you a spiritual gift to be used to serve Him. And what this particular passage of Scripture says is to use them well and to use them with all the energy that you have, all the strength that you can muster, not the leftovers. How many times do we come in here on Sunday morning and we give God half-hearted worship? How, how many times do we show up to serve in whatever capacity, in whatever ministry, and you're just like, I'm here. You know, I'm here to fill a spot. I'll be a warm body. Do, do you think that's blessing the Lord? You're robbing from Him. When he says, give me your best, anything less is thievery, church. Give me your best. That's what he asked. So yes, I think we can rob God way more than with just our money. But our time and our energy and our worship and our servanthood, are you giving God your best? I know that's a tall order. But the next thing I want you to write down is how we can be people of integrity and to be found faithful in the Eighth Commandment. I want you to write this down. We need to trust God with tomorrow. We need to trust God with tomorrow. At the root of stealing, at the root of thievery, is this belief that God somehow or some way will not provide. That he will fail you. When you cheat and steal and rob, what you are saying is, I don't trust the Lord. When you are dishonest in your taxes, what you're saying is, I need all of this. 
because I feel like God won't provide. When you are dishonest with money in any way, you are saying, I trust the dollar, I don't trust God. Are you trusting God with tomorrow? Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's going to be a lengthy reading, so bear with me. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 10 through 17. It says, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, his regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. What a profound passage of Scripture for each of us. Everyone in here has been blessed by God. Amen? Everyone. And this is a warning to the people of God. Do not forget where the blessings come from. When you feel like you're living a life of abundance, what the Word of God says is be careful. Be on guard. At this particular moment in your life, you will forget where it all came from. Be warned, church. Don't forget where it all came from. So we ought to be people that trust God with tomorrow, with our finances. Understand that he has taken care of you before, and he will take care of you again. Trust God with your finances. Trust God with your money. Trust God with your giving and your generosity. He's good. You believe it? The story, a former boss I used to work for, a really neat guy, had a startup company really started all by himself and his wife. And I was, I think, the first employee painting houses, glamorous, right? And he worked hard. His business started to grow. He, right around the same time, really began to follow the Lord and started to mature and grow in his faith. And the issue of giving and tithing came up. And he realized that he was being disobedient in his giving or lack thereof. And he gives a really powerful testimony of everything that he thought was going wrong in his life because of his disobedience. 
And when he gives this testimony, it's pretty profound. He's like, I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't giving anything to the Lord. Z- zero, zilch. And he changed my heart. And he said, on a dime, I started to give my percentage. He said, from somebody going zero to ten and beyond, that's a leap of faith. And he said, I'm supposed to give how much? You ever thought that? I'm supposed to give h- how much? Like, if I give that much, can I really pay the bills? If I give that much, can I, can I eat? Can I go do this? Can I go do that? He had all these thoughts that we've all had. And he said, I stepped into obedience. There's the key word. I stepped into obedience, and I started to give. And he said, I'd like to tell you that, yeah, I became like a wealthy guy overnight. Listen, that's not how the word of God works. That's not how God works. God's after blessing you through obedience, church. And he said, when I stepped into obedience, I received all the blessing I could ever want. And yeah, God was faithful and grew his business. But, but it took a moment in his faith journey where he trusted God with tomorrow. Do you trust him? Do you trust God with tomorrow? There's the question. Remember, at, at the root of stealing or withholding is this belief that God somehow or some way won't provide. Do you trust him? Matthew chapter 6, 31 and 34. We'll go super cliche. It's really good, though. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. There's the obedience. And live righteously. And he will give you, what church? Everything you need. The problem is, not everything that we need is everything that we want. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Trust God with tomorrow and be obedient today, church. Be obedient today. I know, not a glamorous topic. Not a glamorous topic at all. But one that the Word of God addresses. And one that I'm pretty convinced touches more lives than we realize. And what God is asking of His children is to be honest with money, respect what's theirs in whatever capacity that affects you, and trust me, I'm going to be good to you. Trust me. And if this is an area, in in whatever we discussed this morning, in whatever capacity this touched your heart, and and you may be thinking, ah, I've messed up there. Or man, I've I've got to make some corrections there. God, honestly, God, I didn't realize that 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 was a misstep. And that sin has been brought to the surface for you. Just like any week when we touch on sinful topics, understand that God's grace can forgive you. 
God's grace can help you rise to a, a person of integrity and, and honesty in all your dealings. Like, he, he can help you. If you remember, on, on Calvary, there were three crosses. Do, do you remember that? And the guys on both sides of Christ were thieves. And one of them trusted in Jesus and was forgiven. He can forgive you this morning if you have withheld or if you have robbed or have you been dishonest in your dealings at all. He can forgive you. I'm pretty confident of that. All you got to do is ask. Let me pray for you, church. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives. And God, again, I'm so privileged and blown away at this church family that we can open your word, we can look at hard truth, and we can celebrate your law. God, what a privilege. And I pray that you continue to give us this hunger, this desire for obedience, this desire to be found faithful in your word and to everything that you've asked of us. Scott, I pray this morning that as we looked at the topic of stealing in all its various forms, that if we have misstepped in any way, God, we would beg for forgiveness, repent, and make some changes. Because we know that your grace is good, and it will forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son Jesus. We ask all these things in his precious and holy name. Amen.